Hello, I'm Sarah Connolly, and today I'm talking to Christy Scrimger, the manager, owner, and boss of Specialised Lululemon and Velocio.cc and all sorts of other things. Hello, Christy. Hi, Sarah. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Thank you, um, especially for coming on while you're sick. I appreciate that. <laughs> So, um, I, congratulations. Your team's just had the most incredible weekend at the Vigorda World Cup. Oh, it was very exciting. Even watching from the other side of the world, it was, uh, you know, you could just feel the excitement with the team and they just kind of really got together and, and had a great weekend. Yeah, I was, I was a bit surprised because, I mean, obviously your team's won the Vigorda Team Time Trial World Cup for the last three years in a row and you're the... Um, for you know the two time two times time tra- team time trial world tra- world ugh, world champions, mm-hmm. and I was really I have to admit I thought seeing how much Orica and Rabobank and Bowles had been training I thought this was the year you'd lose it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know I mean uh, there's a lot of competition out there and uh, there's some really strong teams and so we all have to kind of lift our game but um it's it's something we do concentrate on and i think uh, we have a really good feeling within the group so that really helps for a team time trial yeah and it's i mean how it's interesting because it's you know there's no riders on your team who won it that first year it's you know you've and you've had quite a lot of turnover how do you keep it going you know i think it's uh you know from the beginning of the year they know it's a goal mm-hmm. um even before it was a, a world championship event, it was just the team time trial is just really important to us. Uh, it's kind of the epitome of teamwork. And, um, you know, we, we definitely make sure when we're choosing our riders on the team that we, we select riders that give 100% to the teammates. Mm. Um, and I think this, this event um, really just, you know, shows what you could do together as a team and I don't know we've just been able to do it each year and Ronnie does a really great job of getting them together we do um very specific training in the lead lead up to that time of the year that's team time trial season so uh you know I think it's just it's just part of the environment the staff gets really excited about it Mm -hmm. as well so you know it all comes together yeah, and it was a course record. I mean, despite the awful rain, that was like I was looking up the stats, and that's the fastest that's it's ever been ridden. Yeah, we definitely had a good group. I mean, we had a, a tailwind at the beginning, which uh, which definitely helped. But you know, you still have to turn around, and uh, yeah, they just they just really pulled it together. So it was a great ride. Yeah, and then on Sunday, then yesterday, I mean, our Chantal's Chantal's winning the Road Race World Cup was such a beautiful style I mean she was out in the breaks and she was attacking and and Lisa was chasing down attacks and attacking herself that was just it was just one of my favorite it's one of my favorite races anyway but that was a really good way to win it as well yeah well you know we don't really have a pure sprinter on the team anymore Mm. after Ina retired so we've been really attacking all year (laughs) the girls have uh, attacked and attacked and attacked and uh you know sometimes that can work and uh often if you don't have a sprinter that you know you you give everything to a race but um it doesn't quite work out um but when it does it's it's you know it's magical and they had a really great race yeah and, and it just it just i mean i don't know whether it's also being able to actually watch the race in its entirety but i mean they were your riders were up there all the time and that's I, it was interesting. There was like three or four teams that were doing that. So there's, there's, you know, there's all, there were three or four right teams that if their rider had won, I'd have been happy for. But Chantal just seemed to, 
and she attacked on the final climb and it just it's just it was just beautiful that she just kept going and kept going yeah well i think you hit the nail on the the head there when you said the fact that you're able to watch it and i think that a lot of the races play out like this mm. um but it's just great now that we're getting more and more of a chance to be able to watch the races live um and, you know hopefully that's just going to continue into next year yeah i think i think in britain we've had this is like we've got four weekends four weekends in five weeks where there's live women's racing and that's been on like our major public broadcast tv stations as well and you know and, and streamed on the uci website it's it's quite weird actually for me at the moment because it's 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 suddenly secretly become mainstream <laughs> so you're deciding that maybe this is not your sport anymore you've got to find a, a new sport to follow yeah damn it i'm gonna to have to go to netball or something aren't i no <laughs> yeah no it's it's actually it's amazing and uh I really think next year is going to be the year where a lot more of the races that um, are going to be are going to be able to be seen, and that's just going to make a huge difference in our sport. Yeah, I mean, does it? I mean, for you, I mean, you must have got up at some ungodly hour in the morning to watch it from New York. But <laughs> I mean, is it is it strange after so many years of just relying on tweets and you know tiny tiny bits of you know dodgy dodgy streams and stuff? what's it like for you as a manager yeah absolutely it's, it's great actually and it's also really get great for the riders because they can see what they do wrong yeah. and they can see what they do right and often you know when you're in the moment and and as you're coming up as a rider and actually always you're always learning as a rider um you know often if ronnie says well you, you did this and you should have done it this way and they say oh well i don't quite get that but then now they can see it and they can go back they can see what other people do i think it's going to be great for, for the riders as well yeah I've, I've heard i've heard people say that's about cyclocross actually that you suddenly just just being able to watch a full race changes the whole dynamic of how you train and actually realizing actually i could have beaten her there i could have beaten her there or i didn't realize she, i made that mistake or i didn't really realize she made that mistake just incentivizes training in a way that's that's, yeah. that's different yeah well you see like a, a lot of the big sports i mean they spend hours and hours in front of the tv studying their opponents opponents studying their own style and uh you know working out their playbook so yeah. to speak um from from former previous games so i think you know it's a it's a good tool to have yeah um now speaking of next year <laughs> <laughs> One of the things that was a bit depressing for me watching Vigorda was I was watching it in the context of and tweeting about, you know, you're such this amazing team. And I just there's been so many interesting specialised Lululemon moments throughout the whole season, you know, whether it was Tiffany and Trixie attacking in the last final kilometres of each stage of the Friends Life Women's Tour or, you know, all sorts of attempts. And then, then it's kind of bittersweet because you are currently crowdfunding for your team to survive next year. We are crowdfunding, and uh, you know, but this is just the nature of sponsorship. Uh, it's it just happens like this, and um, you know, you you see it with lots of teams. I mean, some teams can lose their sponsors at, at their at their very peak, mm -hmm. um, but you just have to keep working at at keeping it alive. And uh, I feel confident that we can do that. So I, uh, you know, it seems it seems bittersweet, but I think that we're gonna come out on top. It'll be fine. Yeah, and it's, I mean, it seems like a fun project because when I was reading, when I was reading your Project X on Indiegogo, it, it seems like it's more than just about give us your money. Can you tell us a little bit more about what, what the thinking is behind it? Well, in reality, if you, if you want to raise enough money to run a, an international pro women's cycling team, 
it's, it's almost impossible to do it purely by crowdfunding. Mm. Um, so we do need to bring in money. Uh, we think it's a great way to do it because at the same time as people can contribute, they also become part of the program, yeah. which I think is uh, fairly special. Um, but one of the, the main reasons we did it was because we, we wanted to get it out there that we were looking for, for partners, but we wanted to get it out there in an interesting way. Yeah. Um, and so part of it is creating attention. Part of it is basically saying, look, women's sport is, women's cycling is growing, but we're still at the stage where uh, fighting for sponsors is not easy, even when you're one of the top teams. Mm. So um, we're at a time when there's a, a buzz around women's cycling. There's, there's people waiting for it to become a great mainstream sport that they can watch on television. <laughs> and those people are the ones that are supporting us now. And they're saying, yeah, I really want to see women cycling. We get emails from people all the, all the time saying, how can we watch you? Where can we see you? So this is a way for those people to say, hey, yeah, we really want uh, teams like this to survive and we really want women cycling to grow. So it's kind of an opportunity for them to say, hey, yeah, I did my part, you know, so I'm part of this growth. Um and that's what we wanted it to be. We wanted it to be, you know, let's bring the, <coughs> excuse me, let's bring the community together and uh, try something a little bit different. So, um, yeah, that's that's how the whole idea uh, came up. And we realized that we weren't going to raise over a million dollars. We realized we we may not even raise <coughs> the amount that we set out to raise. Um, it, it, it was a huge risk. It hasn't really been done in in this way before. Um, but it has created some great attention and um, it's, it's created conversation and we've, we've still got two more weeks to try and get as many people involved as we can. Mm. I mean, I, I, I think I like it personally. I love it personally because, you know, for someone without much cash, you know, you kind of, well, you know, let me give you 20 quid. <laughs> That's not going to go far. It's, it's, it's kind of a nice thing to be able to feel that you can contribute because, you know, you know that your 20 quid by itself or whatever is, is you know, adds up with other people. But, but it's also, I think, the fact that I like the fact that you can feel like you're a part of the project and that you can see our support as well as we can feel that we support the team. And that's actually the most important thing to us at the moment. It's not uh, how much pe money people can put in or can put in it's it's basically to know that there's there's people who who really supporting women's cycling or really supporting this team and it, it makes a huge difference uh in being able to go out there and and look for sponsors um and you know have that have that kind of confidence to be able to do that yeah 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 because i guess i guess the other side of the i mean i guess it must be interesting for you because you started off as a writer and then a journalist and you were I, you were a journalist around the same time as the kind of internet journalism was taking off, weren't you? Mm -hmm. Yeah, when Cycling News first started. Uh, yeah, and, and, you, and you were also, you know, with I, I always think of your work on HTC High Road at the vanguard of like, you know, engaging, you know, teams engaging with fans and online in a very different way to just, you know, come to the race and cheer for us and buy our merchandise. <laughs> <laughs> and that's so it must be so it's kind of quite it feels very natural to me as part of the you know kind of Christy Scrimger journey well I think that uh my belief in in one of the big things that needs to happen in women's cycling is is that you really need to bring the community in because um there's hu a huge number of women out there riding bikes yeah 
Uh, and there's a huge number of those women who they don't want to race, and that's totally okay. They don't. We don't have to get every single person who rides a bike to step on the start line. Um, but what we need to do is get those women excited about um, watching it and yeah. being fans of the sport. And I think to do that, you need to link. You need to find a bridge between the people who ride for leisure, but who also find so much excitement in the bike and freedom in the bike, to kind of um, be associated with riding. Uh, at the professional level of racing, and and I think that this that's just something that will really grow the sport in yeah, the next yeah. years. Yeah, I mean, I think for me, one of the things that was spectacular about you know being in Britain and the Friends Life Women's Tour was the number of people you know over the years people used to get in touch with me and say, hey, you know, I just my little daughter turned to me and said that well women can't race bikes can they daddy or you know my son's told my daughter she couldn't grow up to be Mark Cavendish um you know how can I show her that women can race bikes and that doesn't happen to me anymore because people don't need you know people don't need someone like me they can just in Britain they can just turn on the tv and see it on you know like I mean you know, even if it's only like 10 times a year that's still spectacular relative to what we used to have oh it's it's amazing and, and also I mean you, you think about the way kids think and I mean if take for example one of the riders on our team Evelyn Stevens she started uh in school as a tennis player yeah she said she wasn't even that great at tennis but she grew up watching tennis and she wanted to be like those girls watching tennis and, and it's about it's about making creating role models and creating hope for young kids and inspiring young kids um you know in things that they might they might want to do in the future and if, if bike riding is one of them then you know, I think more and more opportunities are coming up for the young girls of today, and I think I'm hoping that in ten years' time, um, it'll be uh, a very different ball game. Yeah, I mean, getting back to the fundraiser, some of the risks. I mean, I know that there's been—I uh, wouldn't say it's massively big criticism. It's more like people I know questioning, you know, asking questions and saying, "Well, is it a bad message to, you know, is it a bad message to send to ask fans for money?" I mean, how would you answer something like that? Well, yeah, I mean, I understand the the, the pros and cons um, of of doing something like this, and it and it is it is a risk. I mean, people are going to take it uh, in different ways. Um, the way we wanted to do it is just trying to say, okay, well, join the club, you know, like be part of the community and help us grow. And, and I think the reality of of cycling at the moment is it's growing. Uh, it's now on TV more than it has been before. Um, but we still have an issue of sponsorship. Mm. I mean, f most of the teams uh, run on a very small budget. Uh, most of the races that are run for women only run on a very small budget. Yeah. So I don't think we can be think uh, that everything's wonderful right now. I think that everything can be wonderful, and I, I'm a big um, I'm a big kind of believer in saying yes. Yeah, got to think really positive. We've got to talk about the positive actions that we can then take to grow this sport rather than complaining about the negative parts yeah, of it. Yeah, yeah. But the re reality still is it's not easy to find sponsors. And the way that cycling is structured is that everything runs on sponsorship. And if you don't have a good ROI to show to some of these big companies outside the sport, then it's 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 not easy to sell. So you're still relying on in within uh, sponsors within the industry uh, and then you're, you're limited to, you know, a, a certain amount of 
brands out there. Yeah. So, you know, I think that it's a reality check. It's it's like, yes, things are great and there's people doing amazing things to grow this sport and there are great things happening, particularly in the UK for women and I think the UK is leading the way where it comes to that. But not everybody is finding sponsors right now yeah, yeah, and yeah. look, we're one of the leading teams in the world and the same thing. So, you know, it's like we didn't want it to be a negative message. Uh, we definitely didn't want it to be something that brings down women's cycling. We wanted it to be, hey, we need to we need the people who support women's cycling to to get on board here and and show the support whilst we're still growing. So yeah, I mean, I think it's easy to be complacent about it, isn't it? Like a lot of people are, oh well, you've got like La Course by the Tour de France, and here, oh well, we've had the women's tour, so that's all right then, you know. And I yeah. think that's and that's it's for me personally. You can I can be accused of being very you know glass half empty, but equally you know but but equally you can kind of think actually we can't this where we are is like the result of a lot of hard work it hasn't happened by accident and it's kind of just to me it's inspiring to say you know keep up the pressure keep up the work oh we have to keep up the pressure and I think that that in some ways this is why women's cycling which had a women's tour de France back in the day mm. and had uh, a lot of big races in the U in the US for women and it's because it came after a time when there was this huge push for women's sport uh Title IX in the US, for instance, um, and this huge push for, for equality and for opportunities for women. And then we, we kind of reached a point where we, we did become complacent. And then things went backwards. I and mean, what happened to the Women's Tour de France? And what mm. happened to all those big races? So we can't be complacent. We have to keep pushing and we have to keep trying new inventive ways to try and make change. And everybody's doing that right now. I think that there's so many great people and great groups out there doing a lot of good work in a positive way. To, to change the sport of women's cycling and, and you know we're just trying to do that in our small way and just mm. try to keep this team this team going um, until there is until there is a time when sponsors come, are a little bit easier to find yeah yeah I mean I guess I guess one of the things that bothers me I guess is that out of all the you know and I know this is about your sponsor but you know when I think about you know god specialized if specialized can't see the return on investment you know all those fantastic little spe spec lulu voodoo videos out of your team you know out the recent one of the in the in the wind tunnel these little fantastic little vignettes that show the team being so fun and funny and passionate and like you kind of feel like oh god <laughs> if, if, if out of all the companies in the world you know specialized doesn't see that it wants to be you know wants to be part of women's cycling in that way it's a little bit depressing for me I've got to admit well specialized created those videos and specialized will still stay in the sport I mean they sponsored La Course uh they mm. they there's another team that rides specialized bikes Bulls Dolman so they're, they're definitely um I don't think they have any intentions of getting out of the sport, but uh, you know, we knew from the beginning that, that their intention was to be uh, an equipment sponsor for us yeah. and not a title sponsor. Right. So uh, you know, it's just the way it works, and now we have to find a title sponsor. It's exciting. You make it sound really exciting, rather than, <laughs> rather than yeah, scary. I think you have to you have to think like that. Otherwise, you get up each day and you think, oh my gosh, I mean, this is never going to happen. But <laughs> Um, yeah, you just have to stay really positive about it. And, and the good thing is, we've got we've got an amazing staff on our team. They're 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 one of the best staff uh, groups of staff members in in the business. And 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 we've got a really good group of women, and we've got some good supporters. So uh, that makes it kind of easier to keep to keep going. And we've also got some uh, 
a lot of really supportive sponsors who are uh, we're in good conversations with f for the next couple of years, and and we're building our budget slowly but surely uh, for next year, and just in the hope of of trying to find that big sponsor for the future. Oh God, I hope but you do it. I, I think that uh, I think we'll be I think that we'll we'll manage to do it for next year, and maybe next year won't be our biggest year in terms of budget. Um, but I think that this whole project, no, no matter if uh, it's been good or bad in some people's eyes, I think it's it's definitely started conversations and and you know opened up a few new avenues. So, hmm. I mean, what do you think? I mean, you've you've been a team that's run across. You've you almost had you know your two seasons. Probably probably the only team I'd say that's been running so much across the European season, but also across the American domestic season. Is that something you plan to continue? Well, in, in an ideal world, is that something you plan to continue? Yeah, it'll, it'll depend on our budget. I mean, it has made total sense for us to do that because, you know, you need to be at the big racing in Europe, um, and that's where everybody wants to race. Um, but there's some great racing in America, and we have five North Americans on the team, four, four uh, Americans and one Canadian. And they start in the US, they start their season there, mm. and then they have to go back for national championships. So it makes sense for us to, to do some races in the middle of the year there too, just, you know, um, if they have to fly back anyway, they may as well uh, do some, some of the great American racing that's out there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I really liked it as an approach for, you know, Lauren Rowney when she joined your team and she was, you know, racing, you know, she went from the Australian, going from the Australian circuit straight into Europe can be a bit daunting. So her having the chance to kind of, you know, test her legs in the American peloton before coming over to, you know, before coming over to Europe seemed just like a really nice route. I think it's perfect. I think it's perfect for young riders. I also think it's perfect for for more experienced riders as well. I mean, the American racing is hard. It's yeah, yeah, different. Yeah. It's different in that uh, the bunches are not as big. So technically, uh, you, your technical skills don't have to be as good as they do need to be in Europe um, at the moment. I think that'll change as, as the, the peloton grows here as well. Um, but definitely, the racing in Europe is is just that touch more aggressive, and um, you've and, and you've got all of the top teams racing in most of the races we mm. do there. So it's just a it's just a different uh, ball game. But in the US, I mean the racing's hard. So it's yeah, it's yeah. good racing, it's good preparation for Europe for anyone and, and, and we've particularly liked it for our, our young riders coming up to give them some confidence. Yeah, because I mean, I can't imagine. I can, you know, you see it with some riders who come over from the states or Australia or South Africa or whatever, and you know, I can't even imagine what it's like being thrown into the Dutch racing where you've suddenly got, you know, I think Evie's blog on her Dutch anxiety a couple of years ago. You know, you're suddenly in with two hundred seven foot tall Dutch women with sharpened elbows. Oh, believe me, I, I did that. Uh, my very first race in Europe, uh, way back in the day, was was in Holland, and uh, everyone was much taller, and, <laughs> and it was very fast, and it was uh, it was very aggressive racing, but it was it was a lot of fun. So. I mean, how do you do that? Because I always admire the Aussies, especially for for you know, because say you do it, in, say you're a Brit and you have a terrible block of racing, it's not that far to run home if you need to if you need some comfort but you know and, and you can ring because you're in the same time zone right i mean what it, it seems like it's particularly hard it must be particularly harder for you know you, you're anyone who has to travel basically i think yeah and i think that if you're a, a, a cyclist and you from australia or um 
you know, the United States as well, or that's a little bit closer. Yeah, they yeah. go home. They go home more often. But if you're Australian, I mean, you have to just say, okay, I'm here for the season. I arrive in February or March. I go home in October, and you have to kind of call it home. So you have to, uh, you know, you're a long way away from family, and when you first come, it's 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 definitely hard. But you've also got a lot of, you know, you end up having a lot of camaraderie and and creating a, you know, family within. The, the team that you're racing with and and within the peloton so it's just a different way of uh of thinking about it really yeah. i mean i guess speaking of family one of the things i wanted to ask you about was last year was a pretty terrible year in some respects with ina you know when you had that moment where you had ina's appalling injury and evie and trixie all out at the same time and i mean it was how- a disaster <laughs> And and the way that, but the way that, like you know, seeing Ellen having her best results, and you know, and and Lisa, and all your riders just kind of pulling to, you know, your riders who are still that still there pulling together. I mean, how can you tell us a little bit about that? Because I'm just always I'm in awe that you guys kept racing and kept racing so strongly. Well, I think I, I have to put that back to to our staff, uh, Ronnie, Beth, Lars, Sebastian over in Europe, and. Um, they're an amazing group of staff. They work really, really hard. They really care, um, and they just—they're able to pull the team through. Um, and the riders as well. I mean, the riders have got have got great characters, and they just basically said, "Okay, we're missing some riders." They had to do more race days. They were tired, um, but it kind of brought them together and it made them stronger. So, I mean, it's just about um, being able to kind of take a challenge day by day. You know? Yeah. And I think that uh, in the end, it's, uh, we had some of those riders back for the end of the year, and Evie had a great race at, at World Championships and Trixie too. So, um, you know, I think that we'll see the same this year. Uh, we didn't have a really great start to the season this year. Uh, we didn't we didn't win a World Cup, which is always one of the big goals of this yeah. early season is to win a World Cup. Um, but we they never stopped attacking and they never stopped racing really hard all year. And now I think you'll see that, uh, you know, they're going to really bring it home for the last part of the season. They, they showed that on the weekend. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I think about, that's what I think about your team is, is, is your results. Someone said that your results weren't very good this year. And I went back and looked through them and, and actually they're, they're surprising. You know, they're, they're not as good as your kind of, you know, super shiny Enos won every stage and the GC. But there's still you've got still got some pretty impressive results there. I mean, Chantal winning Drenza Act, and then my favourite one was Tillingen. You know, with Evie, yeah. with Evie and yeah. Trixie riding their very own Grand Tour. Yeah, I think I think we won a lot of races. Um, you know, like I said before, not having a, a pure sprinter, and especially not having a pure sprinter at the Carla Ravina or Teutenberg. I mean, you you just don't have as many opportunities to win because yeah. there's a lot of races that end in a sprint. Um, but I think in some ways that made us a little bit stronger uh, and will make us stronger for the future because we had to we had to learn to, to uh, ride a different race at every race. Yeah. I mean, we've always liked to attack and, and make the race hard, um, but we, we've had to really do that at every race. And, and, you know, sometimes it just doesn't work out because you – you, you waste yourself a little bit too early and maybe sometimes we weren't um, we did waste ourselves a little bit too early in a lot of the races and um, but but I think that it, it makes the, the girls really kind of come together and say okay what did we do right what did we do wrong how are we going to get better and and uh, you know I think that that's only going to be good for us in the future.
And how many, how much, can, how much interaction do you have with the team about things like that? You know, I try to stay in touch as, as much as I can. As I said, we've got pretty good staff. I mean, Ronnie does an amazing job and Beth um, is, you know, our head soigneur, but she's also um, a bike rider and she's very skilled tactically. In fact, she was the sport director on Sunday when the girls won, when Chantal won. Um, and in, in the US, we have Ina uh, directing some of the races and so she still has some input on the team. Um, but I've always liked to be very involved. I mean, my strength as a rider was was tactics. I wasn't uh, the greatest climber. I wasn't, you know, uh, a really um, amazing bike rider. But uh, tactically, I I, uh, I was strong. So I like to get involved. Um, so yeah, I mean, Ina Ina as a DS is just. I don't know whether it's my whether whether that's my ideal thing that I'd like to see Ina do or be a um, commentator. <laughs> She'd be great at both. I mean, she's. Uh, I think that she could be an amazing DS. Uh, she's she she's already shown it. She won two for two in the races that she directed here in the US. Um, and you know, she's very sought after as a as a director. Um, but she she's also very funny, and she she says exactly what she thinks. So she would be a great commentator as well. Yeah, that's my idea. I, I, I think some of my friends have got a dream about watching about, you know, commentating a men's race. <laughs> yeah, try attacking. <laughs> I think it would yeah. be perfect. That's like my dream. Um, <laughs> the other question I wanted to ask you about the team is one of the things that interests me about your team is there have been a couple of riders over the past couple of years talking about how being very open about about you and the team being able to support them through difficult times, personal times. I mean, I think about Gillian Carlton talking about her mental health issues and, you know, Carmen, Carmen talking about the, the thinking that she had to give up cycling to be able to look after her nieces. Is that, if that just seems, it seems extraordinary. I know this way, this is me a bit being a bit gushy, so sorry about that, <laughs> but it just, how, how, is that ever difficult to kind of balance your role as, as you know, manager and boss with, I don't know, it seems like you see them as whole people, people as whole people. Well, they are whole people and they, and, uh, and, you know, cycling is a difficult sport and it's a, it's a sport where you have to make a lot of sacrifices and uh, everybody's a little bit different and, and can handle it in different ways. And I think you, with a sport like this, where people are often, away from home a lot um you just have to be a little bit more uh flexible with with how uh how you deal with each individual and and i my whole philosophy is that people perform much better when they're happy and when they're in a, a good situation in their life so you need to help create that mm-hmm. and you know mostly uh they do it themselves they just need to be allowed that flexibility so it seems, it seems. I mean, it seems interesting because I can imagine there are scenarios. I'm well, you know, I, you kind of hear about scenarios in cycling where you know, how do you support? You know, where 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 what's best for the person might not be what's best for the you know might not be about what's best for the team results or whatever. I mean, it, how do you make those? Is is it difficult or is it just does it just feel right? Well, I think that you know the team. Uh, you know, when they get to races, they race really hard. And I think that's the most important thing. Um, we go to every race to try to win. So no matter what's going on, 
in your life, you know that you've got the support for you, from your teammates to deal with that. And then, But when you get back into racing and when you are at the races, then as long as you give everything to the team, then people will allow you, you know, that space that you need to, mm-hmm. to deal with other things. So I think it works. I think it works in, in most teams that are, that um, operate in that way. So we've got about a month, a month before the uh, team time trial world champs opening up the world championships. What, what are the goals for the rest of the month? Well, it's it's get, it, the, the last part of the seasons are always really tricky. It's about keeping people healthy, um, and not overdoing it, but making sure that they're they're, they're peaking for that time of year. But we, I think we've got the perfect program for that. Uh, we have one. We have Plue. Uh, the girls just came off like a two week, pretty heavy block of, of training for the team time trial mm-hmm. up in Sweden and Norway. Um, some of them will have a little rest. Uh, um, We've got five girls doing Plue this weekend, and then we'll go to Holland Ladies Tour, uh, which I think is always a really great race before Worlds. It's a hard race, um, and it just kind of really gets you ready for Worlds. So it's exciting. It's, it's got a team time trial as well, so they'll be um. able to practice that one more time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's strange, isn't it, because this, this World Cup was only the second TTT this year. And the first one was 14 kilometres. I mean, I, I honestly, I didn't think that you could win the first one either. And there you did. And you blasted it. <laughs> Spectacular. But I mean, is it, is, it must be difficult when, you know, when your team, you know, with the calendar being so sprint heavy. And yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I think so. I mean, last year there was a, a couple of extra TTTs that we did. And there's, a, there's often a, a couple of different ways of thinking about having a TTT within a tour because, you know, uh, if it's particularly, you know, if you have a team time trial at the beginning and you've got a whole team that wins that yes. that team time trial coming first through six in the GC for the rest of the race and that it, it, it creates a very different dynamic. So, um, but this year there's only there's only the, the Sweden World Cup and then there's Holland Ladies Tour that mm-hmm. have the TT and I think that uh, it, it's, I don't know, for me it's, it's one of the most exciting races to do the team time trials so I would like to see more one day team time trials yeah well, what else I mean because you've been working with the UCI as well I mean in, in if in your ideal world the Christie Scrimger women's cycling golden you know two years time what, what would you have well I think there are like the women's commission the UCI is as a great group of uh forward-thinking people and I think that um what we're trying to do right now um, is really try to create um, just a, a different structure for women's cycling. Um, and I don't know how much I can say because I think that's up for the UCI to, to, to make the announcements. But I think that what we really need is um, women's cycling is very professional. We've got to the level where it can be um, treated as a professional sport mm. um, and I think that we need to make sure that there is a, a set group of races that the very top teams race against each other yeah. um, at all races so that every race is exciting um, and you know I, I mean this hasn't really come up in conversation but I, I let's let's just say I think we should maybe have a few more team time trials that would be great. 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, I think I think there's also, I mean, I, I, I was really so impressed with the Peloton when um, in Toscana last year. Well, Toscana and um, Languedoc-Roussillon, you like watching the Peloton actually put their foot down and go, no, this is too dangerous to race. And, you know, I'm personally, there's a number of races that, well, if they didn't, if they didn't carry on, that wouldn't be so much of a big deal for me because, you know, rubbish races where you stay in campsites, for example, shouldn't be at the same level as, you know, when there's cars on the road, shouldn't be at the same level as, I don't know, you know, the Giro or the Friends Life Women's Tour or something. You know what I mean? It's... Right. Well, definitely safety first, I think. Um, but, you know, my opinion about some of these races where you stay in campsites, I mean, these people are trying to put on women's racing just like teams are trying to to put teams together and it's just difficult for them to find sponsors. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, I definitely take my hat off to those people who put races on for women year after year uh, with minimum budget because I know how hard it is to, to find the budget. Um, but definitely there's two different levels of racing out there and we need to, we need to split the peloton up yeah. so that the top uh, teams, and there are enough top teams with enough, enough depth to to create that uh, a first division, um, are racing against the other top teams yeah. at at the top races. Yeah, and, and I think that's what we'll see happening in the next years. Yeah, and and also kind of have some look some races set set aside for development teams because I think it must right. be very disheartening to you know when you come out of juniors junior ranks or when you come you know when you come from a you know when you've developed later you know you've come new to the sport and you're you know you're racing against Mariana Voss and Abby Stevens. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Look, and I think that's what you'll see happening in the next few years. I mean, um, there's there's a lot of racing out there. People say, oh, there's not enough racing, but there is a lot of racing. Mm-hmm. Um, we can't put our team in it in all the all of the good races that are on the calendar. Um, but I think if we separate the racing into into divisions and then and therefore separate the teams into divisions, then you'll have the opportunity um, to have the top teams racing against the top teams and the, and the um, development riders getting a chance yeah. to to uh to shine in in a in a second division say yeah and personally you've started your business uh, and well another business i should say you've got velocio cc your clothing business yeah yeah because <laughs> you're well, not busy enough that was uh that was designed you know around the team um and you know things changed and uh we didn't put the team in the clothing because we Lululemon came back yep. and, and helped us as a as a secondary title sponsor. Uh, so I separated them, and uh, up until now, you know, uh, they've not been connected, but uh, they will be connected, and and uh, it's exciting because um, we're very passionate about the clothing. Uh, we've the clothing was designed around women first, making sure it it, it really fits and it and it's stylish. And it's something that women want to wear. And the fabrics are, are really top-notch, high-end fabrics. Everything's made in Italy. So we're really excited about the brand. And, and uh, you'll see a bit more of it with the, with the team riding it next year. Oh, exciting. Because it's such beautiful stuff. And I've got to say, on my website, one of the number one hits that people come to me looking for is looking for specialised Lululemon kit. <laughs> yeah, well, it's, it's not actually specialised Lululemon kit. The, Lululemon yeah. does a great job with the with the design of the team and have done, and it's been very exciting. Mm. Um, but this is different. No, no, <laughs> I think, it's, it's I think that has definitely confused people in the last year. Is that uh, it, and and the and the reason that that happened is because we did design it around the team when Lululemon wasn't a sponsor, 
It wasn't going to be a sponsor. But uh, thanks to them, they came back and we were able to keep the team running with, with their support. So uh, we separated that for a while. But I think it's nice, though. I think it's 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 beautiful. And, and I think it does have that, that thing. I, it does make that nice link, as you said before, between, you know, everyday riders and, you know, riders for fun because it's it's gorgeous kit that's that's beautiful i you know look at it and and, and salivate a little bit and <laughs> and enjoy the fact that it's like you know you've got the women oh and we've got some kit for men too <laughs> that's that's so that's okay. really nice you just do it well so you know it's great yes. and w will we see any other have you got any other irons in the fire at the moment <laughs> there's one other fire in the iron iron in, uh iron in the fire and that's uh one of our riders ali ali starker uh, developed uh, an energy bar last year and uh, we've been working together on putting that to the market with a, another partner Ian uh -huh. and that's going to come out in September and it's a it's delicious it's it's based on sweet potato and quinoa it's all gluten-free for all those gluten-free people and it's pretty exciting excellent oh it's so it's so much fun well Massive, massive, massive good luck with the fundraiser and with everything else and with the team and with everything else. I mean, I, I you know, I, I know that like, I know that women's cycling fans will just be, you know, rooting for you guys to be destroying everyone else's team time trials and, you know, attacking at ludicrous points in the race and disrupting sprint trains and all that beautiful fun stuff. <laughs> well, thanks thanks for having me on the on the uh the podcast oh, thank you and good luck good luck oh and thanks. if people want to fight if people want to donate to your fundraiser where do, where can they find it uh well they can go to indiegogo and search for project deck cycling or they can just go to our website and there'll be a link there but uh we're putting out a new video today um where you'll hear the riders talk about project decks they'll talk about racing uh la course and all of those fun things so Excellent. you can so, watch out for that too so your website is is velocosports.com velocosports.com and they can follow you on twitter as well at is it velocosports as well velocosports i think it is yes <laughs> <laughs> perfect i'll put if, if anyone's if anyone's listening to this i'll put the links to our podcast in our podcast on prowomenscycling.com um thank you very much for your time thanks sarah thanks for thanks for talking